Hi there. <laughs> Welcome to Deep Space Nine and Nine-ish. I am your host, Jeff, possibly a changeling mater. <laughs> and, and and with me is my, my brother, uh, Dave Mater, over there. Oh, hey. Hey, Jeff. As well as our Bajoran workers. <laughs> um, some say I'm the Mario of the Super Mater brothers. Um, <laughs> some say you're the Wario. Some say. <laughs> but we're here to talk about Bar Association tonight, not about our position on the Mater brothers. <laughs> but, uh, Bar Association, great episode. Deep Space Nine, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, I'm excited. Oh, hold on. Let me close my door. One second. <laughs> See, that's why I'm the Mario. Right. Yep, exactly. Door's already closed. Mm -hmm. I like you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't know if Jamil is going to be along. I assume he'll be uh, at some point, but... Uh... He didn't say so. But guys, Bar Association. We're talking about I'll it. I'll be Jamil next week. Just <laughs> <laughs> run the whole course. You have to be uh, very careful with that one. Yeah, that one's that one's trickier. Um, but yes, uh, guys, what an episode. Mm. Or yeah. not. Yes. I don't know. I didn't think I liked this episode before we watched it. I actually do think it's a solid good a good episode i'm with you i i kind of feel the same way i was like okay it's bar association whatever um it's not i don't remember liking it uh that much like uh, and i forgot that it had all this stuff with wharf in it with like him like you know the him moving on to the defiant and you know adjusting to life on the station um that was a that was a I, I knew it was in one of these episodes in season four, but uh, it's hard to kind of remember w what exactly happened when. There's also a lot of st stuff going on here with like, you know, Lita and Rom in this episode. There's because she's Lita's still a pretty new character and she's like dating Bashir to start off the show or start off her kind of her arc. And then, you know, she will end up with, um, with with rom ultimately spoilers and so uh you know like i think it's kind of nice it's kind of a setup i think they maybe knew that they were heading in that direction it seems uh, like i think so oh, for sure, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so um yeah so so davin i thought when you said you were going to be jeff i thought you were actually going to be jeff and like lead us through um oh uh, oh well I can do that <laughs> He is wearing yellow pants, I'm sure. Are you wearing yellow pants? Yes. And uh, and like uh, those, um, what are those shoes called with the toes? I uh, yes. Sandals? No. no. <laughs> I, <don't have> <laughs> I mean, yes, that is correct. Those are shoes with toes. Sandals. They are shoes with toes. No, the ones, you know what I mean, right? Like the. I, I'm pretty sure I remember this remember this episode well enough to lead us through. I can okay, do it. Okay, lead us through the plot. All what right. happened? What All happened, right. Devin? Well, we start off. We have the Defiant return to the station, and you know, or I should say, Worf's new apartment, and uh, <laughs> soon to be. So that's you know that's a that's a pretty big plot point in this episode. Worf's moving yeah, into the Defiant. Well, yeah, and then when Dax says to him. Uh, he's like, well, I guess they were on a mission for a week in the Gamma Quadrant. He was in command the whole time. It seems like Dax was his de facto first officer during that period. 
uh, also as pilot because there's the same rank, right? But like he's in, obviously in the command division, and he, she, you know, he's like, this is a great ship. You know, when we were going to the port here, it was like a little sluggish. And she's like, I'll get the inertia dampeners going here. Don't worry. But she says, I think you're in love. And, you know, I, it's it's continuing the, this romance between uh, Dax and Worf. Um, I, I, stuff I didn't pick up on the first time. Like, or even it, more, even in, I've seen these episodes again at some point. But uh, I thought like, oh, they were, they were, they were dro dropping hints here. Just like with the, with the Rom and uh, Lita stuff. Um. Maybe like mm -hmm. the way they set up Cassidy Yates. <laughs> Don't forget about her. <laughs> but just, but yeah. just saying they're going to hook them up for a few episodes. Hey, go on a date with. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess so. But over at Quark's Davin. Yeah. Oh well, you know, Rom's having a rough time. Business is slow because of the uh, Bajoran. Uh, what is it? Cleansing. Cleansing. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. cleansing ritual that lasts a month. Quark's like it's not like they were alcoholic, holodeck obsessed people to begin with. Like, <laughs> yeah, what not they like they were very or... hedonistic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but O'Brien and Bashir are still going. They're going to play the the battle of whatever. The it's like the battle, battle of Britain, of... only with swords. Clapthor or something like that. Clapthor. Like yeah. yeah, and uh, you know O'Brien, he's a direct descendant of King Brian Baru. I am you know... a direct descendant of King Brian Baru. You know, that makes sense because the real King Brian Baru was the first in the O'Brien dynasty. So it kind of started off the O'Briens. There was so. an O'Brien dynasty? Oh, yeah. It lasted for 500 years. Oh. Well, Davin, do you know that there's, there, there's a chance that our family might be related to royalty? I was just going right? to say, you remind right. me of O'Brien because you always are trying to convince me that you're royalty. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I like you know like uh, da Davin and I are from uh, we're we're part of this family called the Horn family, um, and uh, through our, uh, our 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 mothers respectively, and um, and who are our first cousins, and like if you go back like to like our Jacob Horn's wife Anastasia something or other, and if you look back to her ancestry, there's a chance we're related to some italian duke who would also be related to all these other royal families potentially but it's hard to prove so it's uh, um i think all the proof you need is the name anastasia yeah anastasia savari was her name and she was apparently that like the great granddaughter of some illegitimate child who was somehow related to somebody the house of savoy who uh in italy which would be connected to all these other dynasties and royal but, families. But was he a union man? No, not a union man. So we're it's we can't we can't claim that. But yes, <laughs> I'm like O'Brien though. We're you and I, Davin, we might we might be descended from royalty. Maybe well, here's not. to illegitimate royalty. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like we're like a snow. <laughs> all right, Star. Dave Snow. Where were we? Dave. Uh <laughs> Okay, oh, yeah. uh, the home remedies. Really the home uh, remedies, yeah, that was kind of gross. The 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 like as like plop plop fizz fizz right in the ear, it goes, you know. Yeah. Yeah, watching that again, and, and again, this this episode directed by Lavar Burden. Um, oh, you know, the, there's some interesting stuff here. Like even just watching, he has this like the what is it? He says it's a. It's one of Mookie's home remedies. Yeah, he pours this whole thing down, 
and like obviously he's wearing prosthetics like i don't think he actually poured that into his ear so it's like you see it kind of like mm-hmm. drip down his whole like shirt it must, somehow it um <laughs> it, i guess just absorbed into his costume but uh you know cor- the whole thing here about like yeah the frangy they don't give you a paid sick leave they don't they don't they don't believe in uh in treating people well they they want to exploit everybody you know um he couldn't leave from his shift to just go see if there was anything wrong with him. <laughs> Which is Dog literally across severe the hall. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he literally <laughs> has to walk across from, yeah, like yeah. It, the infirmary is really close. No sick days, no vacations, no paid overtime. Doesn't happen. I'm also pretty sure if he was sick, he could just get Bashir to come to him. Like, yeah. <laughs> Bashir is literally always there. <laughs> That's true. Right. He was in the hollow deck at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was it's knee just... deep in bodies at the, the Battle of Clapthor or whatever. <laughs> right. But then he collapses at the end of like the, the cold opening. He's like, she's like, Lita's like, are you going to do anything? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to dock his pay. <laughs> Quark's a real jerk in this episode. What's that? Yeah, they really make Quark uh, kind of evil in this episode at the start um yeah life. like but like could we see someone in real life doing that yes <laughs> so um yeah, it's, oh, yeah. It's, it is sinister but it's also sort of like i don't know it doesn't seem that far-fetched either at all uh it seems like something definitely that's just like quark mr traditional ferengi man would want to do there, there are <laughs> there are restaurant owners like that yeah um and if you're working in the middle of space even then um yeah and i I think that it was a i think that this whole thing was a really good move for rom because obviously by the end of this episode rom is left working for his brother and he's now working for the bajoran uh militia i guess and you know i think that uh they did a lot of good things with rom over like these seasons we we were what dab and you weren't here for like the early seasons when we were watching um you know season one season two and Rom is such a different character in to yeah. start this show. He's kind of just like a jerk and not very, not very endearing. And then they turned him into this completely different guy, kind of in season three. It wasn't even until like season three he starts to become this. Yeah, this this is like mm. the first Rom episode. Like, yeah, it's like right. Even he's not a main character on the show. He's not like a, he, he he's like you know kind of like in the Garrick category. He's like a recurring character um and uh they they do a lot of great with like great things with him i now i kind of get why maybe he was tapped to be the grand nagus at the end you know based more on this because like i always thought that was kind of a weird move uh for years and years at the end of season seven when when you know zach picks rom to be his successor and i after watching this i'm like okay i kind of get it i kind of forgot about this where rom really showed that he could be something else yeah, you know, a leader, mm-hmm. a union man, a union man, uh, like that? Sean O'Brien. Yeah, I mean, while he's a sick man. bay learning about uh, unions, Sean Aloysius O'Brien. Yeah, well, I'm perfectly healthy, except I've got a disgusting cyst in the back of my neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know about unions? Yeah, you know about them? Of course I do. Don't you know who ran the, the coal mine? What was it? The, it's, it's the anthracite strike in the 1902 in Who do you think led the Pennsylvania coal miners during the anthracite strike of 1902? I have no idea. 
<laughs> yeah, so there's just a I I, I like how uh, the idea gets put into his head by by Bashir uh, after he's treating him, and he's like, "How long have you had this infection?" And he was like, two to three weeks." He's like, "You could have died from this. Like it's <laughs> serious." And he's like, "Well, you don't get it. I I don't understand. Like too much okay. box." Too much Umox. I love that with scene himself. with himself. <laughs> Who's the lucky girl? And then how aggressive he is. He's like, do you want to do something about it? Do you feel bad enough to do it for me? And he's presenting his gross pussy ear. <laughs> and she still marries him in the end. It works. Apparently it does. Yeah, and th this whole um, yeah, th and then when she comes back, like, or he comes back from it, then he's like, okay, like the cleansing ritual is, um, you know, it's killing our profit. So everyone's got to take a, either a third pay cut or or we got to uh, lay people off. Um, and and Lita says she can't afford a pay cut. Okay, so we learned in this episode, Davin, that mm -hmm. um, oh, Quark doesn't have to pay rent or or energy costs. Or anything, or maintenance for his bar. Well, but, that was set up in the first episode of the series, I think. Yeah, when Cisco's trying to bribe bribe him to stay. Does Does Lita have like expenses? That were like you know. I don't, that's why. That's the part I don't understand. Like, what's her? What like, does she have to pay rent for her quarters? Oh uh, yeah, I think other people do. I would yeah. think so, but it would be to the Bajoran government, not yeah. to the Federation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then why, yeah. But then maybe know, she yeah. has family back on Bajor and she has to send money for like blankets and stuff. Blankets. Orphan blankets, probably. Or yeah. yeah. I believe work makes them buy their own uniforms. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Death is fine. Losing prof our own profits is not. That's <laughs> probably in the rules of acquisition. Um, and this is, you know, this well, like I guess the conversation with Bashir really like and uh, you know, maybe the near death experience. <laughs> kind of galvanizes rom to like confront quark you know and says i'm reconsider this you have to reconsider this we can't do this he's like okay i'm reconsidering okay no yeah i've reconsidered and he's like brother and he says don't brother me you know you're gonna regret Never let this. guilt tarnish your lust for latinum the only thing i regret is not being an only child uh, yeah, they really make him an ass <laughs> the beginning of this. Yeah. Except well, employees are the lat or the rungs on the ladder <laughs> to success. Don't be afraid to step on them, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, family like are people and your dad exploit them as well, of course. Mm -hmm. Um Good you one. know, Dax and Worf uh, exercising Davin. Uh they're mm -hmm. in their like their gray uniforms. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's like a workout at uniform with one it's thing a, going one way. It's an outfit. It's an outfit. Uh, and uh, in this case, because wasn't it a couple episodes, was it even last yet? Yeah, last episode was Sons of Moke last week. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, yeah. and in that one, Dax was the, using the bat left and Worf was using the mech left. And then this time they're reversed. You know, she's, she's like, I'm getting the hang of this mech left. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, I guess he says uh, she's uh, the teacher. A Klingon warrior does not need the praise of his yeah. teacher. She's like, I'm not a Klingon. I'm a beautiful and sensitive young woman who thrives on probably encouragement or something. <laughs> um, 
so and then like the guy falls through the the ceiling comes out and it's like somebody's stealing his tooth sharpener i just i i pulled the growl because it was just funny <laughs> this patak <laughs> this patak just robbed my quarters uh these things happen they did not happen on the enterprise yeah, like I, literally one of the last people you want to rob for like a lot of reasons. He's not going to have anything that you want. <laughs> not like you're robbing Quark and there's all kinds of good stuff in there. Yeah. Apparently everybody wants that tooth sharpener. Yeah. Everyone. Who wouldn't? Um, I guess if you have sharpened teeth. Yeah. And then Odo's like, oh, yeah, really? Uh, Stardate 46235.7. Ferengi privateers laid by Diamond Lerman, Diamond Lerman boarded and seized control of the Enterprise using two salvaged Klingon birds of prey. I don't remember that. The first season, there were a lot of Ferengi episodes, and some of them were quite forgettable. Yeah, yeah. Like there was an episode where they used Ferengi birds, of, or they used birds of prey to do it. I, that was the part I don't remember. I remember like 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 Ferengi's taking over the ship a few times, and then uh, Berlinghoff. I love Berlinghoff. It's the episode Rascals. Uh, oh, Rascals! From- That's when they're kids. Yeah. Oh, so that's the one yeah. we used. It. Okay. Mm. Um, okay, and then Berlin Hoff Rasmussen, who uh, who Kevin played in Star Trek Radio Theater, uh, yep. like about a year oh, ago. Lucky, lucky duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The great Matt Frewer. <laughs> right. I, I think Odo makes some good points here. He's like, okay, if you guys can't even keep things going on the Enterprise, like, what do you expect to happen here? It's a much bigger place. It's the open port. We got have you ever seen Odo as happy as he was in that moment, though, where he's just like, oh, really? It's the biggest <laughs> smile I think he does in the whole series. <laughs> Except when he's uh, Curzon. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, Mr. Odo. Uh, I love the Odo Wharf stuff. Like, they just yeah, dig at each other. I love it. <laughs> it's it, it, Quite well, irritating. Yeah. Uh, like, yep. <laughs> it is. It's like they, they understand each other, but they still dig at each other. Well, I'm not in Starfleet. <laughs> He's not. He's not. He doesn't play. He's a Bajoran He's worker. He's a Bajoran worker. And then we, you know, and then the whole thing where where Rom forms the union is the next scene. You know, he gets the whole crowd. He's like, Worf's or Quark's screwing us over. They're like, yeah. They're like, we need to do something about it. They're like, what? You know, and then like, I like how they can't even say the word. It's like a dirty word. It's a terrible uh, you, word. Uh, you, you know what? He, they should, he should have just fired Fruel. He sucked anyway. Yeah. The guy who like, the, the guy who caved. Yeah. Pressure. Yeah. We're going to form. <laughs> Immediately. <A union>. <gasps> I like the gasps, especially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love in this whole episode that Lita is like the most for it. And I think, of course she is. She has nothing at risk. <laughs> oh, like I think that, yeah, these Ferengi, like you have to sympathize with them a lot more. They have a lot more at stake. Their families are gonna get fined, maybe thrown off this tower or something, turned into to worm mulch or something. Uh, it sounds pretty uh, grave. She's, she's oh, like the closed. Mm-hmm. 
who's just like, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of like background guys who don't talk. The bunch of extras. Um, hey, was one of those Ferengi Aaron Eisenberg? For sure. You think so? Which I one? think so. I don't. Did think... he talk? Yeah, yes. yeah, he talked a lot. What? No, I don't think so. So Fruel was played by Emilio Borelli, and Grimp was played by James Jason Marsden. Uh, so no, Aaron okay. Eisenberg was not here. But I think I is this which one? Do you, okay, I got. I got. Maybe go. they were using his teeth or something. <laughs> hey, Jamil. Welcome. Uh, was it this guy? The O'Briens. No. No. Was it this guy? <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> it's Ferengi, guess who? <laughs> because there, we thought that Aaron Eisenberg might be in this episode, but he's not. Um, the, the guy yeah. played Nog. Jamil, how are you doing? I'm okay in yourself. Sorry, I had a, a furnace issue that needed my attention. Oh, it's okay. We, we, we won't dock your pay. How are things with Clan O'Brien? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, people ask me, Jamil, I didn't know yeah. you were O'Brien, and I tell them there's much they don't know about my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> much they I don't am know. a direct descendant of King Brian Baru. <laughs> don't forget. Yes. Five hundred yeah. years. Do you have O'Brien. any union men in your in your line? <laughs> my father was a union man. He was yeah. a union man. <laughs> I am not. Just... We were just getting to the part of the episode where we were talking about where where Rom kind of formed the union, or we first pitched the idea to the staff. Union, union, union. <laughs> what was it? The Guild of. Union. Sorry. Guild of Restaurant and Casino. I thought the Bar Association, or you know, you're right. The Guild. Yeah, you're they, right. Uh, the, the the official name they form is uh, we the Guild of Restaurant and Casino Employees. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and but we were just saying like like Lita's all for it. She's like, great, let's we need to do this. And like the Ferengi uh, waiters and like they have a lot seem to seemingly have a lot more at stake here, considering the constraints and the taboos of their society. Uh, however, the other cultures never seem to be too uh, understanding about that part of it. Whereas like we, they are more tolerant about like some of the aspects of Bajoran culture or Klingon culture or whatever. I guess this is, you know, maybe bleeding into the issues that came up even when Worf stabbed his brother in the heart last episode. You know, how much tolerance can you go? How much cultural diversity can we handle? Um, there is a limit to how far I'll go to accommodate cultural diversity among my officers. And you've just reached it. And striking isn't one of them. Yeah, I think Odo is just like you know. I don't like this either. Seems like a mob to me. I would like arrest mobs. them all. But yeah. Cisco tells me I can't. Yeah, <laughs> with gritted teeth. Yeah, <laughs> but Cisco's pushing baseball like a like a peddler on the street every five seconds, right? <laughs> but I'm intolerant about other people's cultures. Let's yeah. play baseball. Throws a baseball at you. Jeez. Yeah, don't forget the hot dogs and jambalaya, baseball and jambalaya. Now, <laughs> what happens if an alien culture likes crack? You know, you're saying that the there, there were can... those episodes. Yeah, right. Remember can... that it was an episode of TNG. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like baseball. 
crack, 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 crack. <laughs> baseball. Turns out, though, they didn't even need the crack in that episode. <laughs> no one does. They just like it. Oh, wow. <laughs> it makes them feel good. Um, the whole okay, the whole scene where Bashir is removing the cyst from uh, O'Brien's neck. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> Bashir just messing with him. I love it. Two heads are better than one, though, Chief. <laughs> I'll get you. I'm perfectly healthy, except I've got a disgusting cyst on the back of my neck. Yeah, <laughs> just just another day in the office for for Bashir. Um, you know, and this is the whole thing where O'Brien O'Brien becomes like the the biggest supporter of Rom and the Union, right? <laughs> Talking about his family history. Talking about those coal miners in 1902. Sean, Sean Aloysius <laughs> O'Brien. I didn't forget. <laughs> apparently was... every Ferengi should know. They don't learn Aloysius. opinions. Yeah. He, he had 38 bullets in him. Was it 34? <laughs> <Or> was it... <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't 47. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, they fish his body out of the you Allegheny River. Bullets, you know how bullets work. It was 47. <laughs> <laughs> he was a hero. He was a union man. But a like, union man. Um, and, and this kid gets is. him going. Um, and then right over to O'Brien and Worf, you know, where he's like, okay, I got I don't know what, what O'Brien had to fix for Worf. I guess his console. In, was it an OPS Ops. relay? Yeah. So I guess Worf couldn't do his work. It's like your computer going down and tech support is like, sorry, man, you got to wait. <laughs> uh, the words move along home have been banned in the Federation. <laughs> <laughs> That's the the hey. That is the darkest timeline. <laughs> it's only Frankie Calder does get no respect from the Federation, but it's because they don't want to woo them into the Federation. They're not is tolerant to they're yeah they're like we're the not outsiders. eager for your uh, your membership application yeah uh it's only a game <laughs> second shap <laughs> only children start in the second shap or the first shap um <laughs> yeah and so the whole thing here where he's talking to wharf about like how much he loves it here on the station compared to what his old job on the enterprise and he just talked about yo bored i got just hanging around in transporter room three, waiting for somebody <laughs> to need a transport. Um, you know, he he's like things are all breaking down. They talk about like the Cardassian, the Federation, the Bajoran technology not working together well. Um, Did you know there's they, actually fourteen transporter rooms? So they didn't even really use three all that often. It got really boring on the Enterprise. <laughs> Redundancy. <laughs> Yeah, plus they have the cargo bay transporters. They, 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 they you know, yeah. it seems like you could probably get the computer to run the transporter, but no, they have a guy to do it. They had O'Brien. <laughs> um, Somebody has to watch the working in this environment. How do you tolerate this? And he's like, this is great, man. You'll adjust to it. And I, you know, they, I like this arc that they have with Worf trying to adjust to this new environment, right? I think it's because he's like coming in season four, right? Um, maybe like the they line, though, that. That he says, which is kind of like, I don't know, a bit of a meta line, I guess. Where he's just like, perhaps it is you all who will have to adjust to me. It's like, 
you know, I've been in Star Trek a lot longer than you guys. Like, what's the point? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Get on my level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's kind of what happened in real life. Like, they all changed when Michael Dorn showed up. They became a more cohesive cast. Mm -hmm. Did Did Avery Brooks though ever? like mesh well like because i always get the impression that he was sort of um, i guess it was not just avery brooks it was also like rene aubergenois who was they were both kind of big personalities people, big personalities um mm. you get i get this the impression that they were the two hardest to get along with maybe behind the scenes um and the alpha know, being, dogs on set <laughs> yeah yeah they well they, they you know they're the they're the two top build in the show as well um and they were sort of like the the most established coming into this right i guess until michael dorn got here um and you know because i don't know what was rene rene obergeon came from benson right and benson. he did he was also in um another show he's uh, le poisson le poisson le adore le poisson from uh little mermaid he was the french cook <laughs> he was yeah, <laughs> look how excited you are <laughs> with this revelation. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. He was. Mm. Oh, listen you to it. You'll hear it. You go back and listen to it. You're like, oh my god, that's Odo singing about fish. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna have to watch a little mermaid. Again. Definitely, I would. I would. Yeah, I listen to that song every day. I have a ten-month-old, so we listen to a lot of Disney. <laughs> I Let's suppose see. she's 11 months now. I should get that right. Let's yeah. see. He was um, Boston Legal with Denny Craig. Well, I mean, that's, that's one of the best though. shows ever. I love Boston Legal. Um, that was after D Space Nine. Starsky and Hutch. Okay. The Jeffersons. Heart to Heart. Matlock. Murder Peter Parker in a radio version of Spider Man. Yeah. Um, LA Law. Chicago Hope, the Bob okay, well, Uh Kevin is the oldest person present. Um, how? Uh, <laughs> not you're like not you're like not that much older than me. Do you do you know who he was, Rene Aubergenois, before the show? I actually had no idea, or Avery Brooks for that matter. No, I had yeah. never seen anything with it. You never seen Hawk? No. Okay. Spencer for hire. Spencer for nope. hire. No. I had seen like uh, some of those shows you were saying, Jamil. I had seen but i would never have picked him out i knew uh, avery from american history x i saw yeah, that before i started sure. watching deep space nine i think oh, i well, i was already watching deep space nine by that point because that's yeah, like 97 that movie um and then, around this time it would have been around this time like season four that they would have been filming that um anyway so uh, yeah but like i think Worf saying you got to adapt to me and i think that there kind of is like a give and take to that you know um and i think but let's keep in with the episode, uh, with the whole thing where Quark confronts Rom. And uh, Quark also tells us that his birthday party was uh, last month, however long ago that was. So uh, I guess when can we assume? I don't know how, like, I don't know. It's hard to always gauge how much time there is between episode to episode. Like, how, how long ago was, was that was Sons of Moog last week? Anyway, Worf's over uh, it. He's not. He he's not, he's not part of the birthday party for for Quark. Um, but the whole the whole initial confrontation with Rom and Quark and him just like laughing in their face. He's like, "This is ridiculous." But they all walk out on him. They, they Rom does it, and then they start like blocking the entrance and paying people not to go in, which I didn't understand really. Yeah. 
I didn't think that I didn't. That's not a great idea to pay people like because they don't do that. Real like they pay people to strike, but they don't pay people not to go into the business that they're striking. That's uh, a weird but choice. Majority of the people who possibly would be going going are are Bajorans, but Bajorans wouldn't be going because it's the cleansing festival yeah. and getting paid money randomly for not going into bar just doesn't make much sense. So they had to leave well, the second level. I did not go to that bar every day. <laughs> Thank you for not patronizing quirks. Thank you for not patronizing quirks. Thank you for not patronizing. I just walked by. I mean, you can thank me and pay me just not to go in there if you want. Couldn't they replicate some water and just hand it out to people or something? Or get a portable yeah. replicator, just replicate it outside and just give it sure. away for free? Why? Why? Brian and... Sorry. O'Brien and Bashir betting on who's going to walk in was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, that's like a, the next scene. Or like, no, we, there's the whole thing with Odo and Quark where he's got the holographic waiters. Uh, and then you know, kind of we kind of which we touched on, where he's like, "I would break this all up if I could." This is, but Cisco says I can't. And um, yeah, but then they're they're betting on who can go going. They go the Vulcan, not with their sense of ethics. Yeah, but the Packlids go in. They don't have ethics. We tricked you, Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> I took your money from downstairs and went to the top. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually pretty you. smart. <laughs> that seems like something the Packlets uh, would do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we tricked you, Janeway. We never wanted peace. <laughs> we look for things. <laughs> things that make us go. Dabo. Dabo. Uh, Dabo girls. Um, and then so they Worf goes in. Worf goes in, but why does Worf go in? Oh, I think it's one of those times he's going in. He likes to sit at the top level and kind of watch what's going on. Sometimes he needed his prune juice. Yep. He wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been aware of the strike because he lives on the Defiant. Uh, not yet, though. And and replicated prune juice is just not prune juice. He needs the real thing. It's not a warrior's drink if it's replicated. True. This is a good point. So. But. We never really get these. Like, I would have liked to have seen the argument with uh, Worf and O'Brien. Exactly <laughs> what happened. Because uh, O'Brien admits that he shoved Worf first. Let me tell you about Sean O'Brien. Let me tell you O'Brien. He probably poked his fingers into him and pushed it a little bit too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Remove them. <laughs> and then there goes the <laughs> over the table. You're smart. <laughs> All right. I love, the, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be remiss if I don't. Elimino uh, P. Uh, I am hungry. You should eat. You are smart. Red alarm. You are smart. Red alarm. <laughs> Red alarm. <laughs> At least they got the color right. Yeah. <laughs> Reddish alarm. Green alarm. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the dressing down from Cisco in the next scene. Uh, mwah, love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like, you know. I cannot believe what I'm seeing. I cannot oh. believe. Sorry. And then, Do I look like I'm ready for an explanation? I look like I'm ready. Like for I am an ready. I am ready for an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I am still yelling at you. <laughs> You can explain when I'm done yelling. 
<laughs> funny thing is, at least, as I recall in that scene, you don't really notice that they're all standing in the holding cell. It just looks like they're sort of like in his office or something. And then their conversation is done, and everybody's just like, uh, uh like, can, can we get out of here? Kind of thing. But it's, it's pretty funny. Oh, I knew they I were in the holding they were cell. The, oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know. Um, and I was, I, it was, but it was also like, I'm like, if you, if you got, if you break up a bar fight, um, do you, you normally put all three bar fight uh, 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 people together into a small room? Well, if you need to shoot them all at once, <laughs> 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 or yell at them all in the same place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You stand there. And you wait until I'm finished yelling at you. Yeah, yeah. It is like I am. I am. I am leaving in here overnight. Uh, later in the morning, uh, like Cisco, you know, I, I uh, he doesn't fool around. Um, so we were brawling, sir. We were brawling. I want to know what he's really thinking of Worf right now, though, because last week he had to dress him down for trying to murder his own brother, and this week he's throwing the station's doctor over tables. Yeah, you got a big gash across his head. Fighting and... with the engineer. And the fact that Bashir's the only one that got hurt, I I think Cisco's into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He went back to his office, is replaying the security cameras <laughs> just over and over. <laughs> well, they wouldn't even let Bashir like uh, use a dermal regenerator on that gash on his head. They're like, no, you gotta <laughs> you gotta use it, have that all night. <laughs> Not enough budget for separate cells. No, <laughs> we keep Quark rent free. Uh, and I mean, they give they give Quark free lodging. They don't have money for separate cells. That's right. <laughs> the other ones looked empty. Yeah, but uh, the whole scene where Quark confronts Cisco and uh, other way around, Cisco confronts Quark up in the office. He's like, "Okay, man, this this is not good. I got a Brian and Worf." shoving each other this is getting a little uh people are starting to not like this i need you to settle this deal and and get it out and quark's like hey man this is hard because of ferengi culture and customs he's like i don't know much about ferengi culture but i do know who's the least on your bar <laughs> blackmail strikes again yeah. i think he knows quite a lot about ferengi culture they seem yeah. to do it quite well <laughs> thank you for understanding my my pun yeah blackmail at it again <laughs> five years of back rent plus power consumption plus repairs it's a lot of latinum was, that's right i don't so think you, dave got it no you didn't get it black male at it again do you know and, who cisco is yes do you know what blackmail is yes do you know that he is oh is a black male <laughs> oh he's a black male <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez. Yeah. laughs> but those are those, and that, those that, that is why you are luigi <laughs> <laughs> dave does not see color folks he does well, think i was thinking m-a-i-l and not yeah. m-a-l-e it's a play on world words it's a pun <laughs> Jeremy says, boo. Are you booing me? <laughs> no, I think he's booing the terrible joke. <laughs> but at the same time, also probably booing the fact that you couldn't pick it up, though. I couldn't get it. No, I did. No. Sorry. Um, but yes, good job, Cisco. Uh, way to blackmail is a blackmail. Um, and then we got... <laughs> 
the whole rock where Quark tries to uh, bribe Rom. You know, like the, the, the slips, first strips, or bricks. Slips. <laughs> slips. He's like pennies, dimes, or or pennies, nickels, or dimes. He's like, it wouldn't matter if it was loonies. I wouldn't do it. My, even if it was a lucky loony from Eddington, wouldn't happen. Um, and this whole like the, the, the dynamic, like it, this this episode is uh, important for the Rom and Quark relationship. More uh, as much as like that episode where Quark tried to get in the way of um, of Rom, like of Nog going to Starfleet Academy, right? And like Rom, that was where kind of Rom first really uh, you know said, "If you ever get in my way again, they, you, you will uh, in the way of Nog's happiness, we will not have uh, it will not be good." Remember that, that brother. Brother, brother, brother. <laughs> that's all I hear. That's all I hear when he does that. Yeah, he's like, right, do it like Hulk Hogan. Um, there has to be a deleted scene where he just hulks up. He's like, uh, Max Rudanchik doesn't know who Hulk Hogan is. <laughs> it was at this point that uh, that you know Jeffrey Combs himself shows up. Brett, FCA. He's back for this episode. Uh, do you guys enjoy him in this one? Always. Liquidator Brunt. Uh, that's Liquidator Brunt to you. That's Liquidator Brunt to you. <laughs> to you. <laughs> to you. We're going to form just, a whole army of murder drones. Might I just add that Nausicans make everything better? Whenever the yeah. Nausicans show up, it, it never gets worse. I remember, I think that when I saw this the first time, I was like, Nausicans? Like, yeah. Actually, we're going to say best hired goons you can get in the same episode. Yes. And I think both races would throw darts at each other. Yeah. <laughs> like not at each other, but like at themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that scene in The Simpsons where there's like hired goons? I just imagine that in like a Nausicaan voice. Like, yeah. Hired goons. With it. Hired goons. Dumb jaw, Truman. I wish they, these these Nasa kids got to talk more. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, that's true. When the uh, when the whole scene where uh, you know he he uh, like FCA, I confront he confronts all the Ferengi like waiters and um, that I think it's Frule was his name. Frule. The yeah, one. Frule. Uh, he just like caves. He's like, I'm sorry. Um, he's I'll like, throw the was... rest of them off the tower for you. <laughs> yeah. If this was Frankenard, I'd have you all taken to the spire of the Tower of Commerce, displayed to the crowds in the great marketplace below, then shoved off one by one, like to their deaths, right? Small children will bet on where you land is my favorite. Like that's how, <laughs> <laughs> that's how early take, it starts on Frankenard. They would take his, their remains and feed it to grubworms. Greeworms, yeah. yeah. Greeworms. Razor tooth yeah. greeworms. Uh, your spirit so they may like, be I'm... succulent, but sometimes they bite back. <laughs> uh, he also says that if you don't go back, he will, uh, um, you know, their accounts will be confiscated, their families fined, their trading permits revoked, and they'll be ruined. Rom points out, though, he goes, um, yeah. what, what is he? He says, I if, love if... it. Rom points out that they're all poor anyway. What do they care? Like, <laughs> if your accounts on like, like, were worth anything, like you wouldn't be worried when you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how much they care about their families or any of that, or how much of that's a, a, an active threat, I don't know. Um, because families are just to be exploited. 
They'll just be exploited anyway. So their lush but... financial foliage is burning like wildfires. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, and then Rom, Rom, like, except for um, Fruel, uh, but you know, like the rest of them stay, stay with it. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, let's go back to the picket line and, and take the fight to Quark. So it doesn't work. Uh, the intimidation doesn't work here. Uh, you know, um, so what do you think they end up doing with Fruel at the end of this? I don't know. He's like, he never got permission to get back up. 47 bullets. <laughs> 40, yeah. <laughs> Poor fool, they pulled him out of the Allegheny River. Oh, no. <laughs> fool, union man. Children bet on 100 years in the future, they're telling stories about what a hero he was. He was a union man. <laughs> fool, union man. Yeah. He was a union man. Union man. Hero of New Ferengana. <laughs> Uh, the the scene where Worf apologizes to O'Brien, you know, and this is where he tells him he's moving to the Defiant. He's like, "Why would you do that? You're gonna be all alone up there, you know, living yes, basically I, I in bunk actually. beds." He's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be great." <laughs> How does that work if there's a mission? He goes. He, he goes. goes. He, he has to go. go. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, never he not just going. wakes up and he's in the gamma quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd done that one day. One episode, he just comes out and he's in his pajamas. <laughs> I'm on vacation this week, but this is where I live. He's he's singing loudly to a Klingon opera. <laughs> comes out of a sonic shower. <laughs> Starfleet, like, they work in their pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that that seems kind. Of, that seems fun. I, 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 um, I, 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 do you guys have any emotion? Like any? Because obviously he does move back into the station. I guess when he gets together with Dax, right? Or when they become yeah. a, like, like at least when they get married, he he moves back into the station. But I remember being kind of like, "Come on, Worf, you're not like integrating very well here with this <laughs> crew." I remember thinking that at the time. He was uh, in love with the Defiant. And a little I bit love the imagery of him just like cranking the stereos on the Defiant. Though she's like, you can fire the opera through like all the inter the intercom speakers and play it as loud as you want. I just imagine yeah. Warp lying there with like the Defiant resonating with Klingon opera, <laughs> you know, something like that. He has a dress shirt on and he slides across the deck. His <laughs> 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 underwear. <laughs> Full of produce and, and sunglasses. Just to be cool. The real reason he lives on the Defiant with Pinky Girl. So he just walk around naked all the time and sing Klingon opera to himself. Um, yeah, so I, I thought that was fun. Uh, I, I, uh, and then Lita and Rom, uh, this is kind of like we were saying earlier, Jamil, um, you know, they were kind of setting up this, like eventually Lita and Rom was going to become a thing, even though, you know, she was because like, you want to... they have more chemistry together than Julian and Lita does. We don't even see Julian and Lita together ever see... in this episode. Well, yeah, you're right in this episode. We really only, really only see them together when they break up. On Ryza, right? Yeah. Which is this season two, I think. Uh, or maybe it's the beginning of next season. Um yeah, but just where you know she's like, okay, I I got uh, I got dinner with Julian. And he's like, well, he's a lucky man, and she's like almost as brave as you are. So Bashir is not as brave as Rom. He was pretty brave on that planet when there was 
bombs falling all over the place and he was carrying things across the battlefield by himself. Come on, Alita. Or when he tried union, well, to, he, uh, but he's not a union man. I he's guess. not a union or, man. Or when he or when he tried to heal those uh Jem'Hadar. Over so, that, yeah. Yeah, but not as brave as Rom. <laughs> he's only a Starfleet <laughs> officer. Uh, <laughs> Rom's defying his entire culture. Mm-hmm. And planet. Well, yeah, I, they're both and brave. The True. But 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 uh, if they were going to put put on the scales of the balance scales, Rom would be heavier on that on that one. Which I, I thought. I mean, they do they do bust up Quark pretty good. The FCA. That's the true. Thing. Well, speaking of, this is where Quark uh, then uh, confronts uh, Rom, and Rom's like, "Oh, she kissed me or whatever," and he's feeling pretty good, and he's like, "Yeah, no accounting for taste." Listen, uh, <laughs> those Nos, he, like he's going to come after you. Brent's going to come after you. He's going to hurt you, and he's like, "Well, what do you care?" Like. You, you said uh, you only want to be an only child and uh, you're going to dock my pay and everything. And, you know, I, Quark's now starting to to buckle, you know, um, which, you know, isn't character for Quark because he, you know, just like he was when he was mad at Moogie for not signing the thing. Moogie. Moogie. I love when people reference Moogie. Me too. Uh, where is she? would you like some snails i'll pre-chew them for you (laughs) we need a gowron doing moogie Moogie. (laughs) glory to you and your moogie (laughs) (laughs) i think i like the ferengi thing when they walk into your house just like <laughs> my house is my house, as are its contents. <laughs> <laughs> I do have that somewhere. Quirk and Brunt. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite Remember, thing about my house is my house, as are its contents. <laughs> my favorite thing about Brunt is every time he introduces himself. Brunt. <laughs> Brunt. <laughs> FCA. Brunt. FCA. <laughs> yeah, I love the way he plays that character. It's so different than Weyoun, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's but great. it's still it's still Jeffrey Combs. Oh yeah. You, you always know it's Jeffrey Combs, but it's not. You know, I, it's not even just the prosthetics. It's just the, the way he does it. Everything. Yeah, I heard Renee got him that role. Oh yeah. He didn't want to bring one? in. Who came first? Brunt came first on the show, I and then Wayne. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah think he got never mind. He got, he he got him the Wayne role, then. they didn't want to use him again. But Renee convinced them that it's Jeffrey Combs, and he could play a million characters on the show, and you wouldn't mistake them for each other. And then, and when I first saw that as a teenager, I didn't know they were played by the same person. Yeah. Oh, the I always, characters I, I, were in as episode together and you wouldn't know it was the same person i think i have a thing for voices i always know a voice uh and mm. so it's like i always knew it was the same and then when he played shran later on in enterprise it's like it's, mm. i can't i can't not uh tell um but that's just me I, it's, a, it's my superpower maybe i don't know or not anyway <laughs> That's why he's Luigi. This is why I'm royalty, you know. No, Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> Direct descendant of King Brian Baru, maybe. Who knows? 
um and then uh yeah like the thing where where poor goes to see brunt and they, they're throwing the darts at each other's chest and he's like <laughs> all all these nausicaan games hurt that's how they go um and and so this whole idea where brunt's like okay we're going to we can't take out we can't go after rom because he's the leader of the movement we'll create a martyr so we have to go after someone he cares about nog's not there he's at starfleet academy so which i guess would have been his next choice so and then lita is What's why does it why they rule out Lita for some reason? Because uh, Brent has a crush on her. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's like, wouldn't be right. But Quark seemed to be willing to go along with that for a minute. Yes. Oh yeah, he was all for it. He did not give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, did he, what did he say to her earlier? Uh, I don't pay you to think. She's not even a friend. I know <laughs> nobody's gambling. How can they if you're not at the wheel? <laughs> <laughs> you're not at your post. Yeah, and so like, and then we click over and like we see how the aftermath. We don't actually see the beating of the Nausicans on Quark, but it looked like pretty bad. He beat um, them at Domjot. Domjot, human, human. <laughs> But uh, he talks about, uh, yeah, shattered his left eye socket, broke two ascending ribs, punctured the lower lung. I guess they have higher lungs and lower lungs. Hmm. Um, but OK, here's my question. Why is it necessary for Quark to press charges? Shouldn't this just be a crime? What should the does the does the victim's decision come into play here? Should it? There's a private private establishment, most likely. They beat him up at, uh, at Quark's. So, Think, what other impact work, is there? Things work in the rest of the world a little different than they do here. Here, the police press charges. Yes. When there's a crime. But in other places, it's the person that the crime was committed against. They get to decide if they want to press charges. Is that is that an American versus Canadian difference? I'm not sure if it's an American thing specifically, but I know I like that's what I think, but I don't know that for sure. We just saw this walking around in the Kalis underoos. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Lucara. I think they really that, missed a chance. No, that that is now canon in my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah and so this is kind of where they he this is where they make the deal right though he's like okay we're you're gonna we're, you'll fake you'll end the strike you'll end the union i'll give you what you want but you have to we, we have to fake it because i can't admit to the fca i gave in and so they kind of this is where they kind of negotiate they finally negotiate the deal um and you know and they i i think that this is kind of also the reconciliation between quark and rom where they you know they figure out that this is that they don't want to see themselves tossed out an airlock, I think yeah, yeah. was the uh, was what he said. So uh, right, you and then they all get their races. So um, we see, yeah, Dax with Worf on the Defiant, where she gives him the Klingon operas. He took off the mattress. I thought it was nice from the top bunk, so he can just sleep on the shelf because his uh, you know uh, Kern had been throwing him some shade, saying your your quarters are soft and <laughs> your furniture is infallible, huh? Just like your rest of your Federation bullshit. This um, is his direct reaction to that. I live on a warship. I live on a warship, Kern. <laughs> With no mattress. <laughs> Show you, brother. I'd tell you all about it if I didn't erase your memory and stuff. <laughs> I don't really buy this storyline. He had some nice quarters on the Enterprise. 
Yeah, he had a nice bed there, but it was more nice, big, spacious quarters. I think it's just a control thing for 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 Worf. You know, I think the fact that he was chief of security of the Enterprise and that the amount of control he had about things on that ship, and he's not the chief of security here, which is an issue. And it's 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 not a Starfleet environment, so I think for him to live on the Defiant is the closest thing he can get back to sort of what he's used to. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like it's like he had a nice. He had like a nice bed on the Enterprise. It wasn't like he lived like a warrior per se on that ship. Um, he but, and Jadzia have silk sheets later. Yes, yeah, like in bearskin rugs and all kinds of things. Uh, <laughs> I, I, but I do like that. I think she's like, sooner or later, you're going to have to adapt. And he goes, and perhaps in the end, all of you will have to adapt to me. I uh, Jane came by for that one, and I because I often say you know, when I'm talking about my feelings she's like you gotta like accept people for who they are and she's like i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) they have to accept that i don't accept them yes that's what needs to be accepted (laughs) um okay and then the end of the episode where uh the business is back open quirk is running things she got uh you know lead is in a good rate a good mood because she got the raise I like how Kira finally shows up for like five seconds at the very end here. Was she in this episode? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, At the very end. Because Bajoran Lent is over. The cleansing ritual is over. Um, So she can get her two (laughs) mugs of Synthale, a double order of Hasperat, and hold the conversation. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And then Rom. Okay. uh, Jamil, did you like Rom joining the Bajoran like militia and becoming like a whatever he becomes, like a, a technician of some kind? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. And um, I feel it was a progression of a, a character that we've seen from season one has been in a particular mold and has grown, has grown. And yeah. um, I felt it was like um, a, a best use of the character moving in um, an upwards momentum. Um, plus, it adds to the dynamic between the two brothers, which is always good. And um, as we're having Lita being the additional member of the crew that is part of the bar, then we have, you know, Rom being able to do something else so we can get another perspective. So we're not putting all of our eggs and conversations in one basket. It kind of spread things out a little bit, which is good, I think. It, it provides story dynamics. Yeah, there were yeah, three or four lines in this episode too that like really hinted towards it. I didn't remember that. I thought it was just I remember it being more abrupt at the end, and he's just like, "And I'm an engineer now." But they actually really kind of build it up in this episode really well with a few lines. Well, I like, like yeah. remember when Nog was like making that play to Cisco to you know sponsor him to go to Starfleet Academy. He's like, "My dad could have been chief engineer of a starship," and yeah. you know, I think yeah. pl- paying that off. Um, mm. I think you know more. I think more and more because you know early on Odo's like. Rom's an idiot. He couldn't fix a straw if it was Brent <laughs> bent or whatever. But you know that's not true. Um, Odo Odo is kind of an idiot sometimes. Well, I, I uh, think right. This is where we start to see an expansion of what what anyway I consider the main cast, and and Rom ends up be, not being a sidekick anymore. He's he's now a main cast member. After yeah, I get, he starts off as just Quark's sidekick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've always been smart, brother. I just uh, lack confidence. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jeremy is explaining if the victim doesn't want to press charges, it makes it harder to get a conviction, but it's okay. still, still wouldn't stop them from going. 
Um, and that's the end of the episode plot wise. Do you guys want some details discovered by Dave? Sure. Ooh. What's the theme song? How many 47 references? Uh, we'll have to see. Just the bullets. Uh, just, just the bullets. bullets. It um, wasn't even 47. Yeah, I don't like the theme song will be Scotty from last night going, uh, it's green. Well, it's, um, it's green. Uh, the original title of this episode was The Bar Association, but it was shortened to just Bar Association. It's cleaner that way. It's cleaner that way. Just drop mm -hmm. the, the yeah. Facebook. It's cleaner that way. Uh, Iris Stephen Bear based the scene where Cisco is berating Worf O'Brien and Bashir for brawling upon a similar scene in the 1948 um, John Ford film Ford Apache, in which John Wayne similarly chastises victor mclaughlin dick foran and pedro uh, armandaraz uh according to bear though any similarities to the original series episode the trouble with tribbles were unintentional i guess it's been compared to that scene where where kirk berates everyone i want a name i want to know who threw the first punch and yeah. all those kinds of things um in the pronunciation kind of like artsy fartsy though it's like oh that was obviously a, a tribute to troubles with tribbles and it's like no john ford bro <laughs> he said it exactly that way. He said the bro too. Uh, as mentioned earlier in this episode, this was directed by L Mr. Lavar Burden himself, as you can see. Um, Love the earring. In character, apparently. <laughs> yes. Ready for TNG. Ready to go. Yeah. Well, he this has a phaser on his belt there. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Or something there. <laughs> Did this he just been... get off the set of Babylon 5? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't he's better joke. than that. No, he's not. You know, he he, Babylon 5 was a great show. Um, okay, don't get me, get me going. The two Nausicans were played by professional dart players, James Lomas and Sean McConnell, specifically for the scene in the episode where they have to throw darts at each other. Of course they <laughs> I are. I don't feel like you need to be a professional to hit a person with a dart from three <laughs> feet away. Well, they were risking it. It's like that meme, when you order your DS9 off of Wish. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. No problem. This this episode is a favorite of Armin Shimmerman because it deals with a subject that is close to his heart: union problems. Uh, Shimmerman sits on the board of directors of the Screen Actors Guild (SAG), as it's known, oh, and he, he's very passionate about labor-related uh, disputes. People think of this as a comic episode, and it is, of course, he says. But in truth, it's really about union management problems. The irony of it is that I play management in the episode. So I thought that to make Rom have a reasonably hard job as a union organizer, I would love to, I would have to be tough about it to show the struggle to the audience. Although you don't see it on TV very often. This is something that goes on in America all the time. And director LeVar Burton is also of the opinion that this is not a completely comic episode. The execution of the idea was whimsical, but the situation was absolutely serious. It's a serious drama, a powerful struggle between two brothers, and that's family ties. Not family, not like sha -na -na -na, sha -na -na -na. not that one. Uh, Jeffrey <laughs> did Combs, you feel, did you feel that they need to? They should have added at least one dramatic insight into the struggles of the workers. Um, you think like there was not enough setup here? Well, 
it was the whole uh, Rom thing, I guess. It was him not being able to even go get medical attention. That was their setup there. And that he could have died in 48 hours. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there was okay. maybe, maybe yeah, it's it's kind of a quick a quick setup and it's done very comically, so I think it, it does take some of the of it uh the gravitas out of it a little bit, but well Lita um, isn't struggling because she's able to go on dates with people, you know, during this strike. Yeah, yeah. So she you know she's she's married. She's Rule doesn't get to take days off when his back is acting up. No. Pretty or bad. Fruel. Um, this is the first episode to confirm the name of the Ferengi homeworld as Ferenginar. The name was uh, first yeah. used in the script of Family Business, but they never said it. Um, in the, his conversation with Worf, Odo references the events of A Matter of Time and Rascals, as we mentioned earlier. Um, Rom's reluctant confession of self-administering Umox is the first allusion to <laughs> masturbation for any species in all of Star Trek. <laughs> That's a detail. Lita's reaction to it is the best. Yeah. <laughs> it was off Uber. Yeah, he's She's like, like oh. <laughs> yeah. Who's the lucky woman? Nobody. I don't think Julian would appreciate that. We can ask him. What if we ask him? Can't <laughs> hurt. See, Rom does not um does not um have intolerance towards sex work. Uh, there is an in, there is an inconsistency in Miles O'Brien's story about the 1902 coal miners' strike in Pennsylvania. The strike occurred in the anthracite coal region of eastern Pennsylvania in the Chesapeake Bay watershed, but the Allegheny River is in western Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, and the Ohio River watershed. So they tried to hide the body upstate. Whatever. Yeah. Across it's like six seven hours across the state on the <laughs> other side. To hide very well. Well, the um, Bryans are made of stern stuff. That took them that long to kill them. <laughs> they had to drag him by horse. Forty-seven bullets in him. Yeah. Miles O'Brien claims to be descended from the Irish king Brian Baru, who lived from 941 to uh, 1014. Uh, this is largely correct, as the Irish surname O'Brien literally means descendant of Brian Baru. Miles simplifies the Battle of Clontarf as being Irish versus Viking, but in reality, it was Irishmen of Munster versus the Vikings of Dublin. And it's Munster Irish. that they ruled for 500 years, the Kingdom of Munster. Yeah, those those Vikings. Mm. And I think that uh, I think those are all the the details for tonight. So it's green. Okay, and with that, we will bring up the ratings. Um, green alarm. Green alarm. <laughs> Finish alarm. Uh, I don't have the, the, the document open yet. Here we go. Sorry, guys. Uh, That's okay. Forgive. That's all right. Uh, thank you. Uh, Bar Association. Okay. Uh, Jeff? <laughs> no, Jeff's not here. Uh, we'll get his next time. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go first. I'm, I, I, Are you I sure? That... Yeah, I'm sure. I'm going okay. with, I'm going higher on this one. I'm going in eight and a half for this. Um, I, I didn't think I'd be that high. I like this more than Sons of Oak. Oh, seven. Seven for Jamil. He didn't like it as much. No, it's, it's good, but it's not great. So it's seven. 9.2 uh, for me. 9.2 for Ashley. Kevin? I apparently enjoyed this a lot. I'm going to go 9.5. Seven. And nine. And nine. Wow, I'm the. 
You're the low vote. Well, maybe when Jeff Jeff will get his vote in here. Jeff will um, be low. He doesn't he like the Ferengi stuff. He'll be low, so he'll bring that back down. I just wanted to quickly check um, what the IMDb score is. I love the Ferengi stuff. I really must not be Jeff. That's true. Seven and a half. And uh, as mentioned, not so far away from mine, huh? Not so far away. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm just trying to. Uh, I can fill. I can fill this in. <sighs> Come on. Uh, Lavar Burton, right? That was yep. the director. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the writers were story by these Lee, Barbara and Jennifer Lee. It's not working. Okay. All right. So 8.6 is the average right now until Jeff brings it back down because he is free. Okay. Maybe this is the exception to the rule. He likes this one. He ends up liking this one more. The next episode is called A Session. Jeff's a union man. <laughs> yeah. He is a union man. He, he is. is so he, maybe he will like it more. Um, do you guys remember this episode? A Session? Uh, I can pull this down to Is, is uh, it Ascension? Or a session. We already, no, we already talked about it. Which one? Yeah, was it's that? the one where the the like fake prophet. Or, oh or yeah. The fake. Um, it's Bajoran stuff. Yeah. The Bajoran poet guy. What's what's? Oh, the emissary. 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 It's like it's and like then yeah. Kira right. has to start making birds. Like clay. Yeah. Her right. Dejaris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Return to the Dejaris. The cast system's coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Dejaris, and like, I guess that's what the, the the Bajorans were doing. Not even that long ago, like even within the last century, they were just like it was kind of like your your profession was passed down. Uh, but then they had to start to fight and all become soldiers. Uh, I'm going to fight. I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to make a cute little ashtray for my incense. It's going to look like a puppy. Ooh, a puppy. Yeah. You think I have time for anything other than resisting? Fighting fascism is a full-time job! <laughs> All right, well, I think that's... to talk about Bajor? Are we not supposed to talk about Bajor? <laughs> it's coming. Next season. Just don't talk to Shax, man. Like, it's going to learn. Get out of my chair! I remember. I remember not liking a session that much as an episode. It's not good. It's not the best. Uh, It's not. It's not like this. But but this is where uh, Cisco starts to embrace being the emissary when it's almost taken away from him. Right, because he saw the it was going to take down the Bajorans down like the wrong path. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely away from the Federation. And like he can't have that. That's his, that's also he's also uh he's a federation man. He's a federation. Right. <laughs> Thirty-seven phaser holes they found in him. At least it wasn't forty. Should laugh so hard for that, but still. <laughs> you're always you're always my biggest supporter, Jamil, and I. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I, I'm going to. So, um, this was normally when Jeff would ask me what we have going on, but I'll just tell you. Yeah, Dave, we tell going. us. Uh, well, guess what? Here on Live Long and Podcast, we're talking about Star Trek all the time. Uh, your pies, your pies, we, your pies, we get a discussion. <laughs> and it disgusts me. <laughs> 
Bajoran stuff can be boring. Yeah. Oh, not only can it be, it mostly is. But unless it's Shaq, uh, unless it's Shaq's the best Bajoran ever. Um. Yeah. So on Monday nights we talk about Star Trek: The Original Series. At least we will for another two weeks. Um. We last night we talked about um the, the episode by any other name. Uh, which is one of my favorite episodes. That was really fun. It was a late one. I was doing that with my dad and with uh, Adam Woodward. Um, and we next week, we'll be talking about The Cage, the original pilot with Chris Pike from 1965, I think. Um, and then our final episode is going to be called All Our Yesterdays. Is That's Ooh. the final episode we have to watch. So um, only two more episodes on Star Trek, the original series, Monday nights. Uh, then it will be replaced with a Star Trek Enterprise rewatch, which will include uh, Jody Simpson, Adam Woodward, me, Kevin Millard. Yep. In a long room. Um, and we're going to be talking about that and, and whoever else wants to jump in uh, week to week. Uh, and then we also have, of course, Tuesdays here at Space 9 as the continuing mission goes uh, to watch every episode in order. And, uh, and then on Thursdays, uh, as of last week, we are now covering Star Trek Prodigy, uh, along with Jessica Chan and Davin, of, who, of course, is uh, not uh, Jeff, uh, but he's been with us this whole podcast. He's from Locuters of Trek. Surprise! Um, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> we, t- <laughs> we, we tricked you, I tricked you, Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> Devin was a spy the, the whole time. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, yeah. And then um, we also will, uh, starting November 18th, we're going to be covering also on Thursdays, um, Star Trek Discovery Season 4. I can't believe it's already starting up again, but it's back. Um, it feels like Season 3 didn't end that long ago, but uh, I'll be doing that with Adam Woodward and Michael Chan. So we're going to be doing both, uh, both podcasts on Thursdays, uh, starting up in about two weeks. And then um, coming up at the end of near the end of November, uh, we're returning with Star Trek Radio Theater. Um, we're going to be doing um, an episode of Lower Decks, actually, which we've never done before. Um, we're going to do Wedge Douche, which is uh, the one where oh, we had the, the, the Klingon Lower Decks, the Vulcan Lower Decks, the Packlet Lower Decks. Red Alarm. Red so, Alarm. We've lost all control. <laughs> we've lost all control. I think that's going to be a, a real fun one. It's going to be a short because you know those are only like 22-minute episodes or 23-minute episodes. But uh, it will be a nice one just to get us warmed up as it's been a few months since we've done one of those. And then uh, coming up in December, we're going to do our annual Star Trek movie as we're going to be doing Star Trek First Contact, uh, the whole reenactment uh, audio version, uh, doing the lines and the script with sound effects and everything else. If you never checked out our Star Trek Radio Theater, check that out. It's all it's all there, uh, back catalog. Um, and then we also have a couple other channels, including um, Trivial Debates. It's our channel where we argue about movies, TV, sports, different categories in a debate show format. Davin was just on the episode on Sunday, uh, which we did with Rajesh uh, Cuddy and uh, and Adam Woodward. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a Halloween-themed episode. And then also Super Mater Brothers podcasting. Oh, I thought you were I'm say protesting the results. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be the judge sometimes. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to make it, you know, I don't know. Such a uh, thing to say. <laughs> my paw is weak and it disgusts me. Um, and then <laughs> Super Mater Brothers Podcasting uh, is our third channel where we talk about uh, TV and movies not related to Star Trek. Um, right now, uh, we're covering 
Survivor season 41. I uh, have been for seven weeks or so. Uh, we'll be on uh, Wednesday nights uh, and continuing to be uh, at 9.30 p.m. after those episodes uh, air. Uh, if you've been watching the new episode of Survivor or season of Survivor, or you're planning to, check out our podcast to go along with those. Um, and we also did Big Brother earlier this year, both the U.S. and the Canadian versions. And uh, we do, we've talked about other things, including Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, content. Uh, including like WandaVision, Black Widow, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And I'm hoping to do a podcast on uh, Eternals um, at some point, but I don't know who I'm going to talk to about it. I'm going to see it on Friday or Saturday. So, Davin, if you want to do a a podcast with me about Eternals, I would love to do so. Uh, Can do. I'm a Marvel encyclopedia, man. Great. (laughs) I'm going to see it on Friday night in IMAX. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I also, you know, just, well, I said I did want, want to touch on, um, uh, what's it called? What if? What if? See, distant memory. Yeah. So, which, what if it's one of my favorite comic books uh, for Marvel? So I would love to uh, just kind of touch, at least give a rating to it in our little sheet. So uh, anyway, so those are all our all our content. Also, check out my son's podcast. His name's Animator, and it's a He's got a podcast called Let's Talk About Fighting Games, which you can find on Spotify, wherever you get your audio podcasts. And uh, we'll be back next week here on DSpace 9 at 9-ish to talk about a session. A session. In Dejaras. In Dejaras. In Bajoran cleansing rituals. And what what not. Three hours too long. What is? (laughs) What's three hours too long? Not this podcast. Not this one. No, oh, yeah. we're only hour 17. Uh, okay, so ending up here on D-Space 9 at 9-ish. Uh, we'll be back. Um, and thanks, Davin slash Jeff. Nope. No problem. Listen to my podcast if you're not sick of my bullshit. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of it on there, too. Check it all out. Check out Davin's podcast and everything else. Uh, thanks, Kevin and Ashley and Jamil. And uh, we'll sign off for tonight. Um, I, think we, I think we know the... Uh, the sound bite I want to go out on for this one. Here we go. Oh, but first, Jeremy, he's saying Eternals is three hours too long. Ooh. Oh. It's two hours and a half. How do you know? It's not out till Friday. Yeah. Previews. Thursday night. Previews. Actually, Thursday. Wednesday is previews. Um, yes. Yeah. All right. But until then, live long and podcast. Oh, thank you.